Welcome to the Five for Two podcast with me, your host Adele, where we say no to careers where you're trading five days of misery for two days of fun. A place we discuss all things career, confidence and money moves. I want to motivate, teach and empower ambitious women to achieve more, earn more, feel more confident and enjoy the work they do. It's all about believing you can have everything you want in your career and then going and getting it. So if you're ready, let's get into it. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Five for Two Careers. Today I want to dive into the world of toxic workplaces. It's such a big thing these days, we talk about it all the time. Back in my day, (laughs) I've been in toxic jobs before there was even such a thing as toxic jobs. They weren't named back then, we didn't have a name for it, we just knew we was in a crap job. Sometimes it was our boss, sometimes it was the people we worked with, a lot of times it was both. Today I want to dive into what toxic jobs are, how to deal with them, how to escape them, which is the most important thing, and why we stay in them so long. Because I know a lot of you are currently in toxic jobs and you don't even know why you stay. And I know for a long time I stayed in jobs that weren't serving me with people that were treating me so badly. And when I look back, I'm like, why did I stay? So we're going to dive into all of the stuff, all the things So yeah, let's get started. So before I share my story or stories, because I've had a couple of toxic jobs, I want to talk about like just a few examples of what they even are. What is a toxic job? What is a bad work environment? And I think the first thing that most of us will know and a lot of us have experienced is that anxiety on a Sunday night or a Monday morning before you have to go to that job. And there's two types of anxiety. The anxiety when you hate your job, you just hate it. It's got nothing to do with the people. It's got nothing to do with your boss. It's just that you hate your job. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the anxiety where you know you're going to see someone who doesn't know how to talk to you, is rude to you, is disrespectful. If you work in an environment, I've been in environments where they're very clicky. And for me, it was when I worked in offices with a lot of women. I have worked in offices with a lot of guys. I didn't enjoy that experience either. Like there was one point where I worked in an office where there was just mainly men and myself and just their banter was totally different. They was always fighting on each other and they thought it was hilarious. But anyway, that's a whole nother story. But yeah, I've worked in environments where everyone gets really clicky, like in school, like in groups, they all group up and one group doesn't like another group. One group doesn't talk to another group. And that's just not my vibe or my energy. I talk to everyone. So I find that a really weird environment people talking behind each other's back people talking about you loud enough that you can hear like on purpose I've been in those situations so they give you anxiety because you don't want to see certain people you don't want to deal with certain people or your back's up already because you're ready to fight (laughs) and when I say fight I don't mean put hands on people but I mean you're ready to argue you're ready to have a problem with someone because you know they're going to have a problem with you that is a sign of being in a toxic environment there are things like being spoken to in a way that you know is disrespectful. How many of you got that boss or had that boss that just speaks to you like you're a piece of crap on their shoe? I'm going to be talking soon about a boss that used to click at me, click his fingers at me. Do you know how disrespectful and rude that is? But we will get there. (laughs) But being spoken to like you're just a piece of crap, given extra responsibility with no extra pay. People don't talk about that enough, but that's toxic. Like when someone's piling on the work on top of you, but they're not giving you no extra pay or no extra respect for everything that you're doing. You're expected to be available 24-7. This is something a lot of the women I work with in Create Your Own Lane talk to me about. They're saying that 
they're always expected to be available 24-7. I even have women who are like vice presidents or senior managers in companies who, when someone calls in sick, if they're already on annual leave, they get a phone call being asked, are you in the country coming to work? That's not okay. You are already off. You should not have to sacrifice your time and your personal time. Like being called on the weekends, evenings, like after six o'clock, being asked to do work, being emailed. When someone's emailing you after six o'clock, even if they're saying to you, oh, I don't expect you to respond. Why are you emailing me then? You do expect me to respond. And that's the thing. When we have that feeling of expectation, we feel like, oh my gosh, I have to respond or I'm going to get in trouble. I have to respond or there's going to be a negative consequence. When you feel like you have to give up your life for your work or there's going to be a negative consequence, whether that's being disciplined, going down, you know, getting sacked, whatever it is, that is a toxic environment. You should not always feel on edge. You should not always feel nervous. I have so many people that say to me they're expected to come in Like they feel uncomfortable when they're sick. They don't want to call in sick. They don't want to call in when something unexpected happens. I'm a parent, like unexpected things happen. Don't get me wrong. There's a difference between real situations and people taking the mick because there are employees that do take the mick. And I get that some companies have been taken advantage of so long that now they put it on everyone else. But you shouldn't have to feel bad because you're sick or something's come up. You shouldn't have to drag yourself out of bed when you are truly sick, like really, really sick, because you are scared of the consequences. You're scared of the repercussions. Some of the times when you're sick, you feel like when you do call in, you're not believed or you're questioned, you're overly questioned. And then you're treated differently when you go back, like you're a slacker. We get sick. Real life stuff happens. If you are performing and delivering your job all the time and then you need time off, it shouldn't be a problem. The fact that we feel like it's okay that people treat us this way is a sign that we're in a toxic environment. Another sign is when you're expected to outperform everyone else. Like they just expect you to do all the work. They expect you to be great at what you do. They expect you to support people who are above you. Again, this is something I'm going to talk about, but I have trained people not even above me, at my same level, but being paid more than me. But a lot of people that I speak to are training managers, supporting managers, doing their manager's job, but then you're constantly being rejected for promotions. A couple of people I worked with actually support senior staff on a regular basis. They're asked to train them. They're asked to support with their work. They actually deliver a lot of the work for senior staff. But then when they go for a promotion, they're told, oh, they're not quite ready. You don't have enough experience. But yet you have enough experience to support the senior member of staff. It's toxic. You need to remove yourself. However, I know more than anyone else, it's easier said than done to say you're going to leave, but you get actually caught up in the cycle of toxic jobs. So that brings me to the question, why do we stay? Anyone listening right now, I want you to ask yourself that question. Why do we stay? I'm going to jump into this question shortly, but before I do, I want to share a little bit about a couple of situations I've had. I've got so many stories, but I'm going to talk about these two because these are big ones. And if you follow me on Instagram, you've heard me speak about these two before. But one is the boss who clicked at me. Yes, I sat opposite him. So he sat like he sat in front of me at his desk and I sat like there was a partition in between us. And then I sat on the other side of the partition with like other colleagues. So he could see me. I could see him. I would come in first thing in the morning. Now, I would come in 10 minutes before work even started just to get myself settled in, maybe finish off my breakfast, whatever it was, but I was in early. Oh, I soon realised that coming in early was not a good thing because he would talk to me about work immediately and he would click. I'm sitting in front of you. Firstly, why would you need to click? Secondly, that is so rude. You do not click at anyone. I'm not a servant. It is rude. It is disgusting. But yes, he used to lean over and that's the thing. He used to lean over my desk and click his fingers in front of my face to get my attention. I can see you, sir. (laughs) You do not need to click. 
And I never used to say anything. That's the crazy thing. I used to let this man just be clicking at me. He would also log into my emails, not just mine, everyone in the office, log into our emails while we're logged into them. So I would see things being read. They would go from unread to read and I haven't opened them. And he would be saying to me, oh, this person wants you to email them back or this person wants you to call them back or that might be a good lead or something. And I'd be like, I'll get to it. I would be on the phone sometimes to a client. This man would be clicking at me in my face and telling me, oh, there's an email you need to get to quickly. I'm on the phone. How can I do it all? How can I do both? Also stop clicking at me. (laughs) As you can tell, I do not like being clicked at. I don't think anyone should like being clicked at. It is so rude. I stayed in that job for a while. But what happened was I started to resent that boss. I started not to work as hard. I started to make mistakes. I was almost like a petulant child. If you're going to click at me, then I'm going to act like a fool. I'm going to act like the child that you're treating me as. My work started to suffer. I wasn't happy. And instead of leaving, I just became this grumpy person. Every morning I'm upset. I don't want to go to work. Every day I'm unhappy. It even made me start to think that if that had been one of my first recruitment jobs, I wouldn't have stayed in recruitment because I would have thought that was what the industry was like. That was what people were like. Instead of realizing that it was just the people I worked with, it wasn't the actual industry. You know how sometimes you blame it on an industry when actually you're in a poor environment. So a lot of you, anyone that's listening right now, stop and take a minute. If you are thinking of changing industry, is it because you genuinely don't like the industry you're in or You don't like the people you work with and the way you're treated and you're associating that treatment with the industry you're currently in. You guys know I support people on career changes. That's one of my big things. But sometimes people come to me and we realise the issue isn't the industry. It isn't that they want to switch industry. It's that they, they need to get out of a toxic environment. They need to get away from these people that are treating them so badly. So I really want you to pay attention to that. So yeah, needless to say, (laughs) I got out of that job. However, one of the reasons I stayed in that job was because previous to that job, I had been in another toxic environment, which I was just about to say was my fault. And that's something we do a lot. Like we blame ourselves. And the reason I was about to say it's my fault is because I had worked for this company in a different aspect and then worked for them again, knowing that they weren't always the best. However, leadership had changed, management had changed. So I thought that it would be different. It's not always different, guys. Sometimes a leopard never changes its spots and you just have to know that. However, I, like I said, I, would be, I had been in a toxic job before this one. And the reason I left one toxic job and ended up in another, I know is because I didn't do the work necessarily when I was leaving the first toxic job to make sure it didn't happen again. I didn't ask any specific questions. I didn't, I didn't even really know what do I need to ask to make sure I don't end up in the same environment? What do I need to know about someone's management style? Like I didn't have asked any of these questions at interview. I also was literally on the run to get out of my toxic job. And a lot of people, this happens, and I call it the rebound job. And if you've listened to my podcast for a while, if you go back some episodes, you'll find where I talk about the rebound job. And the rebound job is basically you are so desperate to leave the toxic job that you're in that you ignore all the red flags in other new jobs that you're potentially looking at and just dive straight in. It's like being in a relationship. When you leave one bad relationship and you go into another and you're in a rebound, like you don't actually really like that person that much, but they're so much different and better than the person you were with that you just think they're great. Like you see through rose tinted glasses. And that's what happened to me. I literally was on the rebound. I wanted to get out of a job that I was in and I ended right back at a job that was as bad, if not worse. Because like I said, I was being clicked at. What I think is important before you leave any toxic job 
is identifying exactly what you want, having clear boundaries of what you won't tolerate, and then coming up with really smart questions to ask when you go for interview. Making sure when you're doing your research, you're paying attention. Figuring out the interview process. Like if you're someone who likes things done really speedily and efficiently, but the interview process itself is not efficient, it takes long, it's all over the place, that can be a sign of what is to come. So paying attention to the steps leading up to the job offer, paying attention and asking the right questions are so important if you do not want to end up in another toxic environment. However, don't let my story be the reason that you say, see, see, I might as well stay where I am. Better the devil you know. Why are we ever saying, why are we ever thinking that it's okay to stay with the devil? Really? Better the devil you know. I hate that. Like, I hate that saying. No, it's not better the devil you know. No, you do not have to stay in a toxic job. Do not use that as a reason. Like, you don't want to leave one to end up in another. There are hundreds of jobs out there. Hundreds of jobs better than your job. And there are another hundred jobs the same. Your job is to go and find the one that's better than your job. And there are so many, trust me, because once I got out of the cycle of toxic jobs, I didn't deal with toxic jobs again. I'm not saying that doesn't mean I might not ever fall back into one, but the difference is I'll be able to identify it quickly and I will be out the door. And that's what happened the second time I ended up in a toxic job. I didn't stay that long because I identified it. I stayed for a while, but then I was like, I'm out. I'm done. This doesn't work for me. I'm not about to go through the same thing I went through previously. So (laughs) previously, what did I go through? shake my head. So I was in a job. I was really good at my job. I was in education. I used to get amazing feedback from my managers, head office, like to the point that I was training other managers. I was supporting other people to do what I did because I was good at it. I was good at managing budgets. I was good at organizing the day. Parents loved me and they always wanted to if I did a show round, they would want their children to go to our nursery. Like it was that level. Like I was so good at my job. At the time, I didn't realize it. And I just thought I was doing what I was supposed to do. And that happens a lot. You take for granted. You think, oh, everyone can do what I do. Like this is just my job. I'm just doing my job. So I was just plodding along, doing what I thought was my job, not realizing that if you are training other people, you being asked to support people, if you're being asked to go above and beyond your job description, it means you're good. No one's going to ask you to do extra if you're bad. In fact, if you're really bad at your job, they're going to get rid of you. Let's be honest. So and sometimes that's not always the case. Sometimes you're really good at your job and they still want to get rid of you. But that's a whole nother conversation. But for the point of this, I was good at what I did. They had me training other people. I started to research and I realized that for the level of work I was doing, I was very underpaid. So I asked for more. And that's when the moment a lot changed. I went from being treated like almost the golden child, like, oh, my gosh, can't do no wrong to like, how dare you ask for more money? I was being told, oh, you don't have that much experience. You don't have the higher level qualifications. Like you need to get your degree if you want to get paid that much. But you've already got me doing the job. You've got me training other people, people that have the qualifications, have the degree, have more experience than me, but I'm training them. There were people that had years, I mean like 10 years of experience, but I was training them. Come to find out that the people I was training were on 10 to 15,000 pounds a year more than me. We had the same job titles. I was training them because they were not good at stuff. Like I was literally being told this person's not good at this and this person's not good at this. Invested would be brought to meet me and come to my site because that would help our head office get more money, get more investments. Like I was the person, I was like the show pony you put on display, but I wasn't worth. Remember, I'm only asking for an extra 5K and I found out that the people I were training were on 10 to 15K more. Needless to say, I eventually gave my notice because that was ridiculous. And as soon as I gave my notice, guess what? They offered me about, I think it was between eight and 10K more. 
they offered me a lot more than the 5k that I was asking for to stay. Oh, and they offered me even a promotion. So when you think about it realistically, <laughs> they were going to shortchange me again because they were going to promote me, which means I'd have more responsibility, but not pay me the 10 or 15k that people who were already at my level were being paid. So let's be, let's be clear. It wasn't really going to be a promotion. And the reason they were offering me the pay rise is because they knew I already deserved it. I deserved more than what they were offering me. Because if I'm training someone who's on 15K more than me, I deserve 20K because I should be on more than they're on. And then if you're going to give me a promotion on top of that, then I'm going to need another 10. So it should have been at least another 30K. But that's, like I said, what are you going to do? That's a whole other story. But pay attention to when you're being taken advantage of. If you are ready to leave and then suddenly they're like, oh, we'll give you a promotion and some more money. No, you deserve more money for the job you're already doing. So don't let them trick you with a promotion and then make it seem like, oh, we're giving you a pay rise. No, I'm underpaid in the job I'm in. So pay me more for the job I'm in. And then if you want to promote me, you're going to have to pay me another salary on top of that because let's not, let's not get, let our judgment be clouded. Also, if someone can't see your greatness now, it shouldn't take the fact that you're leaving. And I promise you, if you say you're leaving and then they offer you more and you stay, the treatment is not going to get better. You are still in a toxic environment. You are still with toxic people. They have just tricked you into believing in that short period of time, in that short moment, that they're now suddenly better than they've been all these years that they've been treating you badly. So no, I didn't take the promotion. I didn't take the pay rise. I was tempted. And I even, they even offered to pay for one of my qualifications, like for me to get a degree. And I started filling out the paperwork. And that was actually the moment when I realized this isn't for me. Not only was the industry no longer for me, but the company wasn't for me. And actually being in that environment helped me to shift. Being in that environment helped me realize that I wanted more financially, like a lot more. And I wanted a switch in industry. It helped me to realize a lot of things. So, yeah, that was that instance. And then another instance, <laughs> I have to tell this story because this was the job that was directly before the other toxic job, like, say, before the rebound job. My boss used to talk to everyone like a piece of crap, but I used to avoid, I used to get to avoid it a lot. So basically I was in a toxic environment and I knew it and I could see everyone else being treated a certain way. And I used to stick up for people as much as I could because that's just my nature. I hate seeing people bullied. Like I was bullied as a kid. And I think when I got to high school, that changed because I refused to allow myself to be bullied. And I hate seeing anyone being bullied. So I used to stick up for people as much as I could. However, a lot of the time I missed, like I was under the radar and I missed a lot of the uh, toxicity. I was even promoted at that job. They made up a job for me, like to keep me. They created a whole new role so that I could stay there. Like they liked me there. So I was really under the radar and I didn't deal with a lot of the toxic stuff. However, me saying that, when I think about it, I was dealing with toxic stuff, but I wasn't being, the main thing was our boss used to speak to everyone like they were a piece of shit. I wasn't being spoken to like I was a piece of shit because I was too busy being praised. However, I was expected to be on call 24 seven. Holidays, days off, sick days. Like I would get called, I would get emailed, I would get texted. I was expected to respond. Our boss even said to all of us one time, I pay you amazing salaries. So when I say jump, you say how high. I remember one of my colleagues being at the hairdressers getting a head on on a Saturday. We don't work Saturdays. And our boss calling and saying everyone needs to be on a conference call at 12. And her saying, I'm in the hairdressers, I can't. And him saying, if you do not get on the call, you will lose your job. That is high levels of toxicity. That is disgusting. And if you are in that situation, you do not deserve to be treated that way. Because sometimes when you're around other people, and this was the case for me, I was around so many other people that was accepting that behavior. I started to believe that behavior was normal. I started not to see any issues with that behavior. You know that saying, birds of a feather flock together. 
my mum used to say that to me a lot when I was young and I would be like, eh, that's not true. Just because my friend's a certain way doesn't mean I'm a certain way. But what I have learned with age is what that means is the people you surround yourself with will affect you at some point, even if your beliefs are different. If you are with someone day in and day out and they are a good person or you think they're nice, you know, they're pretty decent, even their bad qualities, you'll start to defend them after a while. You'll start to say to yourself, these bad qualities are normal. These negative qualities are okay. And if everyone else is accepting the negative qualities, of course you'll start to be like, oh, it's just me because no one else has a problem. My boss treats every one of us the same. He screams at all of us. So it can't be that bad. You will start to justify the negative behavior the longer you stay in the situation because everyone else is accepting it and it starts to become normal, even when you know it is totally and utterly abnormal. So yes, anyway, like I was saying, I was under the radar, you know, getting promotions, all of that, getting the good, good money. But then there was a day when I say my boss screamed at me, he screamed at me consistently for 15 minutes. Me and another member of staff screamed and I was being screamed at for something that wasn't anything to do with me. It wasn't to do with my department or my job description. But he said, if I say it's your job description, it's your mother effing job description and you get it done. Scree- I mean, I, I felt so embarrassed. I felt so small. I was broken. I left that meeting because I will not give anyone the satisfaction of seeing me cry because that is my personality. But I got in my car and I cried all the way home. I cried for 20 minutes. And I still remember, it's so vivid in my imagination. Nicki Minaj pink print was out. <laughs> and I listened to that all the way home and hyped myself up to get angry. But I was crying while rapping to that album, like all the way home. This is back in the day, like my car still had a CD player in it them days. And I am banging this album out all the way home, crying for 20 minutes solid. Got into my house, continued crying for another 10 minutes and then had to go and pick up my door. So I had to fix up, figure it out and go and pick up my kid. Needs to say the next morning, I, that was the first time I acted on impulse. I've never done this before, but I walked in and I handed in my notice without having another position. I had to give two months notice in that job. I gave my notice. My senior boss asked me to stay. Other bosses asked me to stay. So many people came to see me and begged me to stay. I couldn't. And from that point, that boss continued like, uh, this was our CEO, by the way, who t- spoke to me like a piece of crap. He continued to ignore me, treated me different, left me out of meetings, whatever it was, just was me. I didn't care because on that day when I went back in, I gave them back their phone, their laptop. I'm not doing work from home no more because they used to expect us to work from home after our working hours. They gave us laptops and phones so they could contact us when we were not at work to disrespect our boundaries. I gave back everything. I said, for the next eight weeks, you're getting the bare minimum. You're getting my job description, which I'm saying is the bare minimum, but it's not. It's what I was paid to do. So you're getting that. I'm not doing anything above, beyond or extra. And that's what I did. I then interviewed, I was scrambling. And like I said, that led to me being in a rebound job, which is the job I spoke to you about right at the start of this episode. Anyway, that's my experiences. I know some of you have had similar experiences and I'd love to hear about them. Share them with me. Let me know. Drop me DMs. Head over to my LinkedIn, Instagram. I'm always over there. And also ask me any questions. Like I've got a Q&A box on this podcast. If you've got any questions about anything, let me know. I'll answer them. But that leads me to this part. The question that I asked you guys earlier, why do we stay? Ask yourself this. Why do you stay in a toxic job? I think I gave a little bit of insight a few minutes ago when I said we stay because the behavior starts to feel normal when everyone else around us is accepting the behavior. We start to think it's okay and it must be us. We must be the issue. If there's 10 other people in this office and they're all accepting it, then I must be the problem. 
And what you need to do is get yourself out of that environment and start speaking to people in other jobs, in other companies to figure out, is this normal? And remember, misery loves company. So if you're attracting other people that are saying, yeah, yeah, my job's like that, it could just be that they're also in toxic jobs and you are all attracting each other because misery likes company. Start talking to people that aren't in toxic jobs. Start talking to people that have escaped toxic jobs. Join groups, ask questions, speak to someone like me who will let you know it is not normal. And I've had so many jobs in my career. Like I used to change jobs every year or every two years. Like I've had so many jobs and 90% of them, 80, let's say 80, 80% of them have not been toxic not overtly toxic. Yes, every job might have its little things that you don't like, but they haven't been toxic. I haven't been treated badly. I haven't had anxiety. I haven't hated being there. Like they haven't been toxic jobs. I've had such good experiences. And that lets me know how toxic some of my jobs were. And even when I was in them, like I said, it felt normal after a while because if 10, 15, 20, 30, I've worked in massive offices, if 40 people think a certain behavior is okay, you start to accept it. It takes that one person though to break the chain. And in some of my jobs, I've been the person to break the chain And I've been in a job where one of the people who wasn't like senior management, but was management got sacked because I spoke up and then four other people spoke up. And then people that had been there longer than me started to speak up and this person ended up getting sacked. So there are times when that works, but I know that that it's rare. So when I say, why do we stay? Is it because we think it's going to get better? If you're not speaking up, other people aren't speaking up. So how is it going to get better? And if you do speak up and nothing changes, how is it going to get better? Just like we encourage women and men to leave like bad relationships, whatever the reason is, whether it's abuse, whether it's just you're being treated poorly. Like we encourage people all the time, get out of bad relationships. Your job is a bad relationship that you need to break up with. If your job is toxic, it is a bad relationship that you need to break up with. I had to say it twice because I want you to hear me when I say it. All being in that toxic environment that bad relationship does for you is chip away at your self-esteem because like I said you start thinking that something's wrong with you that chips away at your confidence if you already had low self-esteem before going into the job like if you already had low self-esteem before going into the job it is going to get worse if someone's telling you your work's not good enough you need to do better you can't get promoted because you don't have enough experience and you're not that good but yet you're training other people You need to start to find the opposite of what you're being told. So you're being told that your work's not good enough. You don't have enough experience. You're not ready for a promotion. But then you realize they keep giving you extra responsibility. They keep praising you because you're so good at stuff. They keep asking you to train senior people or support senior management. But if you're not good at what you do, then why would they ask you that? Start looking for evidence that makes you realize the stuff you're being told is crap. Start getting out of your toxic environment and speaking to people who have jobs that they enjoy. And asking them, how did you find a job you enjoy? Start networking online and speaking to people and realizing and noticing that there are really people that love what they do. Get on LinkedIn. You know, I've done a couple episodes recently where I'm like, get on LinkedIn. Get on LinkedIn if it's only just to, even if it's only just to network. Network with people doing things that you want to do and that, like open your eyes to there being more, more out there, more for you. Another reason we stay It's because we think that all the jobs are going to be like this. And what if we can't get a better job? And we've got responsibilities, mortgage, bills, whatever it is, children. And we can't put ourselves in a situation where we don't have security or a stable job. Let me just start here. As secure and stable as your job is or you think it is, you know, just like I know and everyone else knows, you can get made redundant at any time. You might not see it coming. You could have something go on in your personal life, which means you end up having to leave. Like sometimes life forces you out of a job. 
they might just decide they're changing, they're scaling down and like your job no longer exists. Like I said, redundancy, getting laid off, whatever it is, you might get sacked, you might not have a job. So leaving one job to go to another, it doesn't mean lack of security because the new job is going to pay you. That's another thing. Like people are like, how am I going to pay my bills? The new job's going to pay you. I don't recommend anyone do what I did where it was where I just handed my notice in and left. I don't recommend that to anyone, but I've definitely had clients who've done the same because once you feel empowered and you feel confident and you have belief, you sometimes won't put up with certain things anymore. I've literally worked with women in my program, Create Your Own Lane. And when I say why I called my program Create Your Own Lane, it's because that's literally what we do. We create your lane. And for some women, that's going to be leaving the toxic, shitty job and doing an in-between job that they don't even care about, that they're just doing to make money and pay the bills while they get their head around what they want to do and move into what they really, really want to do, the dream job, the dream money. Like, that's what they do. Some women just leave the toxic job, make sure they've had enough money saved up and they don't go and find another job. And then what they do is they literally take their time and work on finding that ideal job. And some women leave the toxic job and go straight into a great job. That's why we call it create your own lane, because you're creating a lane that works for you. But like I said, me leaving that job and even ending up in the rebound (laughs) toxic job was great for me because it built my self-esteem. Because when I got into another toxic job, I was so aware that it was toxic. I refused to stay there. I knew I deserved better and I went and got better. So working on your confidence is going to be so important because the reason you stay is because you lack self-esteem, because you cannot expect people to treat you better than you treat yourself. And allowing ourselves to be treated that way is showing a lack of respect for ourselves. When I stayed in that toxic job, even before I was being treated toxic, when I saw everyone else being treated badly and I was sticking up for them, why did I stay there? Why did I stay in this environment where everyone was being bullied? And expect not to eventually be bullied myself. And this is the thing you need to think about, the respect for yourself. And not to beat yourself up and say like, oh, it's my fault. I've stayed that long. No, we've all been there and we've all done it. We've all stayed way longer than we should have jobs, relationships, whatever it is, friendships, we've all done it where we knew we should have left and we didn't. And when we look back, we were like, I stayed a good year longer than I should have, a good six months longer than I should have. I know I've definitely done that in relationships. Like a year later, I'm still there knowing full well that this is a crappy situation and no good's going to come of it. So for me, I'll give you a little insight into how I see work now. I no longer believe that a company is doing me a favor by employing me. That's an important one. No one is doing me a favor. I work my butt off. I wake up, I get to work on time, I do good work. I do great work for my companies. They praise me, they get what they need from me, so I should be getting what I need from them. So I no longer believe that a company is doing me a favour. In fact, I believe that I'm doing them a favour by helping their business make money and I'm making them look good. When you get good employees, let me tell you as a manager, as a business owner, when you get good employees, they make you look good. They help your business make money. So I am doing them a favor. As much as they're doing me a favor by paying me a paycheck, that's not even doing me a favor. I'm giving you something. That's why you're paying me. You're not paying me for free. So therefore, my new thought process, the way I reframed my brain was, I believe I am doing them a favor and I keep a list of all my accomplishments. I tell my clients, keep an accomplishment book so they can remember all the things they've done, all the times they've been praised. If you don't want to write it down, voice note yourself. The next time you get amazing feedback, The next time you get amazing feedback, voice note yourself. So you remember how great you actually are. There are too many good jobs for you or me to be out here being treated like crap. And I also say to myself, there are too many for me to believe that I'm just lucky for a company to employ me. It's not luck. When you go for an interview and you're interviewing against 30, 40 other people, it's because you've shown how great you are. It's because you've been able to communicate your value. It's not luck. It's hard work, it's dedication. 
to keep a job, it's hard work, it's dedication. You can't just phone it in. You can't just show up, do a crap job and expect to keep being employed. You work hard, you deserve more. There are a lot of jobs, but there are not a lot of great employees. We have all worked with the crappy, lazy employees. We have all seen other people get sacked. So therefore, look at yourself and realise there's no two yous. There's only one person of you. Sometimes I'm like, I need to clone myself. I've had bosses tell me, I wish I could just have two of you. Listen to those things. Listen to the praise. Hear it and know that you are a good employee. And I really see that now. It wasn't something I saw for a long time, but I really see that. And I really get behind all the things I'm saying. My work ethic, my hard work, my passion speaks for itself. I deliver an amazing service, not just as a coach, but in work. Before I had a business, I was an amazing employee. I worked my butt off and that's why people took advantage of me. When you work hard, people do take advantage of you. You tend to end up in the toxic cycles and the bullying because they want you to stay and keep doing a great job for them, but they want to chip away enough at your self-esteem that you don't think you're good enough to go somewhere else, but that you keep overworking and working extra hard to prove yourself to them. Please know that there are bosses out here that are doing it on purpose. They chip away just enough, enough that you won't leave and go anywhere else and enough that you will overwork yourself to prove yourself to them. You have nothing to prove to anyone. If you are delivering an amazing service and you have a great work ethic, then that's it. That's what you're getting paid for. And I can already hear a lot of people saying, like, what if I leave and have the same issues in a new role? I just told you that happened to me. (laughs) But it doesn't have to happen to you. Because the reason it didn't happen to me again since then (laughs) is because I took the time to figure out what questions do I need to ask? You need to be asking questions like, how often do people get promoted within this company? How quickly do people get promoted? How long have you yourself been in here? What's your management style and how do you like to be managed? Ask the right questions. Don't just ask these generic questions that you find on Google. The school of Google is helpful to a point, but it's not going to help you personally create and build a job that you want because it's generic. That's the point. It's not tailored to you. You need to ask questions specific to you. What do you like? What don't you like? Some people like creative environments. Some people like a more organized environment. Some people like the free flow and stuff. And some people like a lot of structure, me included. A lot of structure is needed for me. (laughs) Therefore, you need to be asking those questions. How do people work? You need to be paying attention to the interview process. Is it organized? Is it structured? If it's not, then probably the workday is not going to be either. So asking the right questions for you, because what you might feel is like things you don't like might be something that someone else does like, if that makes sense. So just paying attention to that. I had a boss once who actually said to me that being screamed at makes employees more productive. And I'm sure there are other people that think like that. They're like, oh yeah, when I get screamed at, I do more work. That don't work for me. (laughs) You will not scream at me. I will not be disrespected. I want to be spoken to like a human being. I want to be respected like the human being that I am. Being polite and having manners is free. It costs you nothing to be polite. So Yeah, we're not going to do the screaming. One of the last few things I want to leave you with are these thoughts. You weren't always like this. The fear, the self-doubt, the thing that's keeping you in this toxic environment. You got this job and you had the confidence and skills and ability to get it. So why are you so scared that you won't be able to do the same and get another job? Your boss has probably broken you or the people around you have broken your confidence and they've made it so low that you forgot who you already are and who you had to have been to get the job that you currently are. So I need you to wake up, remember who the F you are and get up and go and find something better. If you're scared to leave because you think that you're the problem, because sometimes like you've gotten to that point, you now think maybe you're the problem. I want you to ask yourself some questions. Have you been sacked from every job you've done? Have you been treated this way in every job you've done? 
if this is your first job and you don't know anything else, then how do you know another job isn't going to be different? If you've not been sacked from your current job or every other job, then you must be doing a good job. So how can you be the problem? If you have been sacked from every job you've had, (laughs) yes, maybe you're the common denominator. And that can happen. Sometimes it is you. However, is it that you're bad at your job or is it that you keep putting yourself in spaces that don't fit your personality or natural traits and your skills? Is it that you keep putting yourself around people that are making you the problem and that's why you've been sacked? Because let me be clear, there are women that are excellent at their job that have had praise, that have had promotions and then still end up getting sacked because someone thinks they've gotten too big for their boots. They've actually not done anything wrong. And don't get me wrong, there are people that are the problem. I'm not saying there aren't people who they are the problem and that's why they're getting sacked. But what I'm saying is pay attention because so often that's not the case. So often you're saying to yourself, I'm scared to leave because I'm the problem when actually your track record speaks for itself. You are not the problem. This boss, these people, they're the problem. I want you to start arguing with yourself. Ask yourself questions like, do I really believe I can never get another job that will pay all my bills and help me live my current lifestyle? Because if that's the case, what's going to happen if you get made redundant tomorrow? You're basically saying you're not good enough or capable enough. Even if you're not at the place where you're saying I'm good enough, you're saying you're not even capable enough of getting another job. That's crazy. I need you to argue with yourself and remind yourself who you are. Sometimes you just need to remind yourself of exactly who you are and everything that you bring to the table. Start separating facts from fear, just like in science. Stay with me. You can't say something is 100% a fact unless you have evidence to show that you get the same outcome every time or that you get the same outcome the majority of the time. So the fear that you're telling yourself, I can't get another job or every job is going to be the same, go and test it out. In fact, go and prove yourself wrong. Test out the theory because greatness is in you, but you have to believe it. I just want to remind you, what effort are you willing to put in for your happiness What effort are you willing to put in for your happiness? I'm going to say it one more time. What temporary effort are you willing to put in for long-term happiness? Because I know someone listening to this is going to say, that sounds like a lot of hard work. But what are you willing to do to be happy? Because right now, the anxiety, the stress, the frustration, you being mean, aggressive, angry, going home, taking it out on the people you love, or not even wanting to spend time with the people you love because you're so drained from being in such a crappy environment is not helping you be happy and live the life you want. So what temporary effort, because yeah, it might feel like hard work, but that's temporary hard work. Are you willing to put in for your own happiness? Because if you're not willing to put in work for your own happiness, you can't expect anyone around you to be willing to put in work for your happiness. Guys, I've really enjoyed this episode. I could talk forever on this topic, but I would love for you, some of you guys to share with me the things that you've been through. I'm going to have a part two where I'm going to be interviewing an amazing woman, coach, speaker. She has her own podcast. I can't wait for you guys to hear her. When I was thinking of talking about toxic jobs, she came to mind immediately as someone I wanted to interview. Maybe there's one of you listening right now that wants to be on an episode and wants me to interview and wants to come on and talk about toxic jobs and help and share with the rest of the audience so that if they're currently in it, they can realize that it's not a normal situation and they can get out. I'd love to hear from you. Reach out to me on Instagram. But yeah, till next time, guys, it's been great. I hope this episode gave you exactly what you needed and motivated you to confidently take steps towards your next career move. If you enjoyed it, screenshot and share it on your socials, tag me on Instagram and come join my community of amazing women working on levelling up their confidence and career. Thanks for listening and see you next time.